0: You can find good pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening. Regardless, neither of us made the playoffs, and we had big drafts. Dugo had three picks in the first round,
1: two. But I also had two in the second as well.
0: So Dugo had the one four and the one six, and I had the one ten and a ten person half PPR dynasty draft. Yup. So tell them who you got at picks four and pick six and a one quarterback half PPR. Dynasty draft.
1: Yeah, so it was kinda of crazy, dog. So I ended up getting my boy who I wanted all along. So for you guys not listening before, I originally had the one three that I had actually traded back to the one four or yeah, to the one four to four. get
0: Yeah.
1: And um I uh in that trade, you know, like I basically had assumed that JSN was gonna go one two.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I didn't think I ever had any shot of getting him. Well, Lo and behold, during the draft, uh, one of my buddies in the 1-3 who I traded with, he ended up taking uh, Quentin Johnston.
0: And I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: I thought it was a little weird, dog. Like, honestly, like when you just look at the whole grand scheme of things, like, I get it. Like, you have a Keenan Allen who's getting old on that same team. Mike Williams is, I believe, just signed a new contract. So you could look at Quentin Johnston being the two going forward on that team. Nonetheless, I mean, like, it's just one of those things that where, until Keenan Allen says he's done, I mean, he's just been one of those guys who's been like a top ten wide receiver in Life general. Charger. So like, I don't think he's gonna really be going anywhere, mm-hmm. and until until Quentin Johnston really demands the two spot, I think that he's gonna be comfortable as the three. Yeah. So I think I don't know, like I feel like at the end of the day, I could definitely see a world of where. JSN has more upside than uh, Quentin Johnston.
0: Well, did you tell him who you got at the 1-4?
1: Yeah, so I got JSN. I mean, like I said, this guy has just been my guy since day one. I've wanted this guy on my team. I ended up scooping him at the 1-4, and then for the 1-6, you know, I... uh,
0: Tell him who went off the board at 1-5. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, let's not skip any picks here. So at the 1-5, Zach Charbonnet... Uh, a guy on uh, Seahawks as well, actually. Mm-hmm. He goes off the board 1-5, and, yep. you know, I'm looking at my board, and, you know, I just, I never assumed in all my mock drafts and all my days that I would still have Jordan Addison still on the board at the 1-6. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who has been extremely high on Devin uh, A. Chain, Tajay Spears, Kendre Miller, And I had just picked a wide receiver, Mm -hmm. two picks before this. And Mm -hmm. so you're thinking, oh, why would I take two wide receivers? That's stupid, right?
0: I don't think it's stupid. You know why? Why? Because I always say draft talent and trade for need.
1: Y'all, so all in all, I took uh, who I thought was the most talented out of this class uh, or out of who was remaining. And I took who I think has the most upside, at least going forward. Being the number two on the Minnesota Vikings, I took Jordan Addison. Okay.
0: And Jordan Addison was obviously my favorite receiver, if y'all have been listening to Fantasy Football with Gumbo. So, we've been talking about JSN and Jordan Addison, you know, since we can remember. I'm talking, we've been talking about these guys comparing the two since February.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Jordan Addison had won the Blenikoff last year, so we knew that there was... You know, a really good guy coming in. I don't think, obviously, I think we've talked about him kind of sliding off a little bit at USC. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, way the Bluntikoff, there's not really much he can really.
0: He was feel, a stud, bro. Yeah. He, he went crazy. And, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, on the field, obviously, his biggest knock has been his size. Right. You look at the guy on the field in, like, these rookie mini camps, and he looks like a, he looks, like, pretty small, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. He,
0: yeah, so... Bro,
1: speaking of, like, size and stuff like that, have you seen, uh, like, the Bryce Young videos and stuff? Yeah. Bro, that honestly, to me, makes me feel so much happier that I didn't draft him.
0: Well, I think there's a thing going on in the NFL right now in which, like, these skill position players are getting smaller, right? Because you even look at the receivers. Like, look at last year with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, um, two of the, like, elite receivers who weren't, like, that big, overly physical, like, you know, a module, I guess. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like these guys coming out are just... It's more of a finesse game. It's more Is of a speed it game.
1: I mean, like, I get, like, the whole, like, yeah, like, sure, Bryce Young's kind of, like, one of those anomaly things, but, like, when you look at C.J. Stroud, when you look at Anthony Richardson, when you look at Will Levis, Hennon Hooker, like, none of them are really that small. Like, all these guys are still above six foot. These guys typically, you know, like, they're, like, really good built athletes, Mm-hmm. I mean, Bryce Young, he's 5'10", he's 5'10", he's ten. Yeah, yes, 5'10 ain't great. Like, he's the same size as your fucking coworker at work.
0: But I think the biggest thing about that is you're standing behind linemen who are 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", uh, offensive tackles, offensive guards, and centers.
1: Okay, but when you think about... And, I, and
0: I'm saying that, like, that's kind of a knock. Like, how do you see over those dudes when you're trying to... Like, every drop yeah. back has to be damn near a five or seven step drop back. Because you're too small to get it over the line, potentially, or see the middle of the field after only a three. Right. But we say all that to say that Jordan Addison, I think he's going to be a dog, but you scoop JSN and Jordan Addison at the 1-4 and the 1-6, and I think that deserves a round of applause.
1: Hey, let's get it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, And at the one ten, I was able to go ahead and get my boy Devin A. Chain, who coming into the offseason, I loved, but the size scared me. I like the Miami offense because the Miami the Miami offense scores scores points. They're electric. And uh, I like the opportunity to go ahead and put an electric playmaker into an electric offense. And so Devon A. Chain was my 110. I believe throughout the rest of the draft, I ended up landing Michael Mayer at the 3-5, which I thought was pretty cool. I took a chance on Will Levis at the 5-3. Uh, he fell to the fifth round in our league. And uh, I believe at the three ten, I got Zach Evans, which... You know, as the, what is it, like the 30th pick? Um, I thought that had some good value to it. Uh, Did you want to tell them what quarterback you were able to pick up in the second round?
1: Yeah, dude. So, in the 2-3, I was able to land Anthony Richardson, folks. So, Mm -hmm. I was ecstatic about this because if anyone has been listening, you know I've been kind of scrambling at the quarterback position. I have Aaron Rodgers. I have Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. But... By solidifying my room by getting Anthony Richardson, I was also able to take out of my room Zach Wilson and Malik Willis. Solid. So, it was crazy, man. I was so happy to get him. And then the pick right after that, I was able to get one of the guys that I think is probably one of the better picks of the NFL draft is Tank Bigsby going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. So I got him at the 2-4. I think that he's going to spell Travis Etienne perfectly. And then in a few years when the Jaguars don't want to pick up Etienne's fifth-year option because running backs are expensive, why pay them? Mm-hmm. So I think that Tank can definitely fall into that spot where he could just land into being a starter because mm-hmm. he still does have that third-round cap that, you know, teams, you know, if they're taking chances on running backs, the third-round cap is kind of That's the perfect spot, spot to get it, yeah. So, I don't know, I was super happy about that. I mean, if Roshon Johnson would have landed anywhere else other than the Bears, I probably would have took him. And I've been talking about Tajay Spears the whole offseason, and he was still available, but it's just the whole knee injury stuff that I'm kind of concerned about. Mm -hmm. So, the fact that I can get someone like Tank Bigsby, who, like I said, I think he's just going to have a lot of upside going into the season and for the future, so I went ahead and got him.
0: You know what's funny about Roshon Johnson? What's up, dog? Is like, we haven't, we're, we're like maybe two, three weeks after the draft, and if you guys have drafted, and if you guys now have new rookies on your teams, you probably know that it's impossible to trade for Roshon Johnson with the person who drafted Roshon Johnson. Oh. um, In our draft, he went at the 2-7. He was in the top 17 of picks. He probably could have gone earlier, like Dugo said. You know, he might have done at the 2-3 but Roshan was somebody who was stepping into a situation in Chicago in which he's getting a lot of touches. He's a big dude. Uh, He can fall forward for touchdowns often. And, you know, he's a pretty all-around good kid from, you know, what all his teammates and coaches say. Right. Um, If he landed on another team other than Chicago, it sounds like you would have probably had him in, like, your top four or five running backs.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, I think he's definitely one of those guys that where, when you look at the size and – when you look at everything else when it comes to it, I mean, he's still pretty quick back. I think he still runs a 4-5, so, I mean, it's not like you're really losing a bunch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like the guy as far as prospect. Just wish he'd be on a different team. Yeah. Uh, In the 3-3, three, three, I end up uh, snagging Luke Musgrave. So, adding to my tight end room, I mean, my tight end room right now is probably the most elite in the league right now. Who do you got? Uh, in my uh, tight end room, I have Darren Waller, uh, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, now I have Luke Musgrave, Jake Ferguson, Greg Dolchich. Yeah,
0: pretty uh, I solid. Mean, yeah. Pretty damn solid for a, like, a position that's hard to get players at.
1: Yeah, I just have a bunch of studs, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, I also, I doubled up on QB in this draft, folks. I hope you guys don't hate that. But I uh, ended up getting Hendon Hooker in the 4-7. I know that you kind of had a little bit of hate to that, but honestly, dude, I have this guy on the taxi, so he's going to have a red shirt this year anyways, and then the year after that, it's either make or break for golf, so I mean, I could either have a starting quarterback or I could not, Mm -hmm. so actually, I'm going to because I have both.
0: Oh. It's one of those things. See, like, the only reason I didn't like it is because there was Deuce Vaughn available, there was Michael Wilson, Xavier Hutchinson, who you
1: actually end up getting the well, you five ended up three. getting
0: later in the draft yeah uh but i figure since you got a rich in the second like why take another quarterback but i can see also you know if,
1: like i said i was able to get you know, zach security. wilson and malik Willis off my bench or off of my team and add these two guys who i think could add a lot more value down the road or so i mean i don't know i still need quarter i still needed quarterbacks i felt like and the fact that Hendon Hooker, I think, especially with Dan Campbell as a head coach, I think he's going to be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. I like his energy. I like the way that he commands the team. So the fact that he can have someone with that sort of energy and that sort of enthusiasm around him, I think it just adds to what Hendon could be. And he's happy about him being a little bit more mature than all all these other QBs coming out of the draft. So you got to give that a little bit to Dan Campbell's credit.
0: So, you know, now that we have the draft – our rookie draft's completed. Yep. Uh, now that the NFL draft is now completed, we're starting to get into training camp season.
1: Yeah, dude, where the real meat of the stuff is, you know, we're, you guys need us to kind of help direct you to hopefully, you know, win some fucking championships. Yeah. So, let's start.
0: So, you know what? I believe that following, or I guess going from here on out, uh, we'll be trying to tailor more of this advice towards actual current NFL players.
1: Yeah, so you're gonna be hearing more about active motherfuckers. Yeah. People who are getting hurt at camps. People are getting in trouble during mm-hmm. the summer. You're gonna be hearing it from us, folks.
0: So as we kind of preview uh the summer, the battles at the camp that are gonna take place. Uh Dugo, I wanted to talk about I guess current NFL players who might be set up for a breakout season.
1: Yeah, dude.
0: Uh this is a heavy topic because we're gonna go ahead and discuss some of the guys that we think could be breakouts they could be incredible values for you in your redraft leagues or in your dynasty leagues if you want to go trade for these guys before they go ahead and you know do what they could uh so i want to go ahead and talk about a couple of guys that we got i think we both have a running back we want to discuss
1: yeah man so uh my guy he's coming in his second year uh his running back one has finally left the room and I think it's his time to shine. Mm. I got James Cook, dog. I just think that he has all the probability and all the causes going in his favor to be the or to be the running back one on this team. Plus, with that, I think that he also has that wide receiver element to him as well, where he could be able to split out and actually be a guy who might be able to sub in for when you're missing a Isaiah McKenzie or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that this guy can add so many wrinkles to that offense that they didn't unleash last year. And I think with him just being even more comfortable with that team, I think that James Cook just has all the probability in the world to pop off. Yeah. What about you?
0: I think the Bills are in a championship window and they need to go ahead and get weapons on the field.
1: Absolutely, man. And I think that, I mean, when you saw James Cook on uh, Georgia Bulldogs back in that championship team, I mean, you saw how dynamic he was. Mm Mm-hmm. When he got the ball in his hands, he he would take it for a touchdown damn near every other time, it seemed like. Yep. So I feel like when you get this guy on the field, it's going to be very explosive, and he's going to be your guy. So yeah. I don't know. I, I like this guy going forward. I know you have a running back, too. Who'd yeah, you got?
0: I have Damian Pierce, running Ooh! back for the Houston Texans. I like hearing that. Okay. He just got a new quarterback in C.J. Stroud, who's, you know what I'm saying, he's a pocket-passing kind of guy. And I think that Damian Pierce is going to see a lot of running out of you know, uh, single back, I form formations. A
1: lot of pro, a lot of pro style. Exactly. He's okay. going to get
0: his carries in. And, uh, you know, we'll see if C.J. Stroud checks down at all. Uh, but, you know, Damian Pierce was somebody who had a big year last year. He was a guy yeah. that you talked about a lot oh, last dude, off I, season.
1: I drafted him in the second round last year, dog. I, I absolutely love this cat.
0: Second round of our, yep. Second round of our dynasty, uh, dynasty draft, You did. And that's the thing about Damian Pierce. I mean, he's a 5'10", 218 running back. Mm-hmm. He... Runs like a fucking sledgehammer. He just bulldozes whatever the fuck is in his way. Yep. Last year he ended as the RB 28. So he scored about 150 ish fantasy points for you in 13 games. So, you know, obviously he missed four games. But I think that he's somebody who could take a leap forward if this offense can take a leap forward. Yep. Damian Pierce is somebody that I think could potentially end up in the red zone a little bit more often. Last year he only had four touchdowns. Right. I think there's a potential that he could double that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's talk on the town, like, yeah, like, Devin Singletary's in the backfield now, too, but mm-hmm. honestly, like, when you are talking about where you get the meat of your points, mm-hmm. and when you're talking about touchdowns, are you going to have Devin Singletary in there, or are you going to have Damian Pierce in there, if you're in a goal line stance, you know? Hey,
0: even when it comes to receptions, and I mean, this is going to be a completely different coaching regime, right. and a completely new quarterback, but last year, Damian Pierce had 30 receptions. Uh I mean, they only went for about, like, five yards to catch. I mean, he had, had like, 30 catches for 150 yards, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, bro. Uh,
0: But regardless, I mean, he has shown the capability to be able to catch. And so I think that he's somebody who can go from maybe RB28 to potentially bordering on an RB1, maybe high-end RB2 next year for you.
1: Hell yeah, man. Um, Who else do you have on your list?
0: Another guy I liked a lot was Jahan Dodson, receiver for the Washington Commanders. He's a dog. Actually, I believe at the end of the season, he out-targeted Mr. Terry McLaurin. What? You can actually read about his reports and his uh, season outlook on the sleeper app. But towards the last, I think, five weeks, he had a 35-34 to target advantage over Terry McLaurin. Now, once again, we're getting a new offensive coordinator in the room.
1: New quarterback in the room.
0: We got Sam Howell stepping into the position. But I think some things could stay the same. Jahan Dotson was fairly explosive. I think he just needs more targets. I think in year two, he knows the playbook now. He's more comfortable. Uh, he could get those targets. And he ended up as like wide receiver 50-ish last year. Mm-hmm. I think he could break a he could have a breakout and end the season potentially as like a later wide receiver two-ish, high-end wide receiver three. But if he goes from wide receiver 51 last year to wide receiver 23, 24. I mean, he doubled up his production, ultimately. Yep. Uh, I look at that as a pretty big leap, and I still think that where he might be going and redraft, hey, if you get a wide receiver two out of that, that's a big boost to your team. You're talking about maybe getting this guy in, like, the 7th, 8th, ninth round. Uh, but, yeah, Jahan Dotson was my wide receiver breakout. Who did you have?
1: Uh, for my wide receiver, who I think could, could have definitely have all the possibilities to break out this next year, I have Alec Pierce. So, this guy's a wide receiver on the Indianapolis Colts, 6'3", 2'11". He's 23 years old. He This is going to be his sophomore year, and I think he's absolutely going to break out, oh, folks.
0: Oh, he's going to break out? He's going to break out. He's going to break the fuck out. He is. Oh, shit, okay. So,
1: last year, PPR, he averaged seven points a game when he was playing. Uh, I think that this year, when you're looking at a quarterback who is, I think, more dynamic... I think when you look at an offense that is going to be more tailored to, I think, you know, like the new style of football, like, I feel like when you look at what you had the last two years with Frank Reich, who you you can say what you want about the guy, but I feel like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's kind of a boring style of football. Uh And when you look at, you know, bringing Jeff Saturday in at the end of the year or for the rest of the year, they didn't really change schemes or anything. Uh So I think that when you get a guy in there like Steichen, who is an offensive guru, I feel like when you look at, well, alleged offensive guru, this guy is coming from the Eagles. He's also been attached to other couple guys as well in their development, Uh, you know, like Jalen Hurts and such on. -hmm. But I think that when you look at that, when you look at how he's able to command an offense and call an offense, I bet I bet he's going to be looking at guys like Alec Pierce and how he could utilize them to go get the ball to go help your new rookie quarterback. You have a six three frame, and you also have Michael Pittman on the other side. You know, like who's going to have more coverage on you? You think.
0: I would imagine that as an offense, he needs to open up the offense. He needs to give space for his playmakers to do shit after the catch. Right. So I would imagine that Alec Pierce, who will probably play on the opposite side of the field.
1: Alec Pittman, yeah.
0: I believe that Michael Pittman is likely to play whatever the A.J. Brown role was. And I think that Alec Pierce, similar to Devontae Smith, is going to be the guy who stretches the field.
1: Yeah, so he he didn't reach double digits in targets last year at all. His highest was nine, and he only had eight two other times. So I feel like this next year, especially when you're looking at this guy who's going to be, I feel like more of like the, uh, you, you called him the two, basically, and I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at someone oh. like that... I feel like he's just going to be one of those guys to where Anthony Richardson could be looking at him a little bit more often.
0: Where does Josh Downs fit into that situation? Well, he's
1: going to be the slot. He's going to be mainly the slot guy. He's going to be getting a lot of checkdowns, and I think he's going to be good this year as well, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily going to be a breakout if it's a rookie season, you know? Yeah. Like, you got to be basing it off of something. And with Alec Pierce being wide receiver 63 last year, I just think that he has all the possibilities to, you know, break into the top 30 possibly. Uh You know, I just feel like he's going to be one of those guys who could get a little bit more volume. You know, I think that he... So last year at the Combine, he ran a 4-4, so you know he has some speed behind him as well. Uh So I just think that he's one of those guys where if you let him go... Hold on, because he's gonna fucking go.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think Alec Pierce was somebody who was kind of slept on last year. Yeah, but I, I think, think he so could. As well. I think he could take a step forward next year. Um, Where do you have him finishing? I guess if you had to project. Like
1: I said, mm-hmm. I mean, if if it, if the offense runs like I think it could, I think that he has all the possibility to run up into the top thirty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I would say, you know, I could call him my wide receiver thirty.
0: Nice. Okay. We'll see. And Anthony Richardson has a deep ball too, right? Yeah,
1: he can throw the, out of the ball. So yeah. When you think about all that stuff going on, I mean, yeah, he has Michael Pittman, who is definitely going to be great next year as well. But when you look at all these other things going on, when you have a stud like Pittman, you're probably going to be looking at doubling him maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I just feel like if you can take the top off with Alec Pierce, why not? And it's going to be dank. So, I don't know. I have him. And then another guy I want to fit in quick before we move on to one of your guys so, I have the biggest hunch that Trey McBride is going to be breaking out this year. Okay. I think so. Uh, Zach Ertz tore his ACL at the end of last year, unfortunately. And he is a little bit older where we have to put into consideration is he going to be ready for week one this upcoming year? Mm-hmm. And I haven't really seen any of his progress or anything like that. But I'm just going to assume that Zach Ertz is probably going to be. I'm, I'm assuming kind of, like, babied in once he does start getting in. I'm assuming he's probably going to miss the first two weeks of the season or something like that. Uh-huh. Then start getting more reps in week three, week four, and then probably be fully ramped in around week five, I would assume. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's just something with those veterans. That's just something you want to, I would assume, do, especially with Zach Ertz where you're blocking with him. You're just doing a lot of different stuff. Uh-huh. So... I think that Trey McBride, with the capital that they drafted him with last year, with the second round, with a tight end, I would assume that you can assume that this guy is going to see a lot more targets. I mean, even if it is Colt McCoy starting the year, or whoever it might be, I think that this guy is the perfect checkdown guy. I just think that he has all the probability, and when you look at how they're throwing to him last year, yes, it is going to be a new head coach and everything like that, mm-hmm. but Nonetheless, this guy is coming from the Eagles as well. And, yeah, he is the defensive guy, so you have to whatever. I'm not sure who's going to be calling plays for whoever. Mm -hmm. But, nonetheless, I mean, when you look at some of the stuff that the Eagles do, they're heavy on tight ends, dog. So Mm -hmm. I just feel like when you have a freak like that, it's just going to work. I I, I feel like Zach Ertz is going to be that coach to be able to get him to be where Trey McBride needs to be. And at the end of the day, we could be talking about Trey McBride being like this next, like Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, something like that. This guy is going to be great this year.
0: Yeah, and I my breakout was actually also on the Cardinals. It was wide receiver Michael Wilson.
1: Oh, what? Uh, so
0: I think Michael Wilson is a rookie who's going to come in. He was drafted by this regime as one of the first draft picks by this regime. Dang dude! Uh, in the third round, I think I picked ninety-four. Okay. And so, with Michael Wilson, he's 6'2", 210, so he's probably going to play outside, like, on the boundary. So, if DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins stays on the team, then I'd imagine, you know, Michael Wilson would play on the opposite side. Yep. Uh, You would figure out a way for Marquise Brown to go in the slot and just kill people on, like, cover two defenses by just splitting safeties, Um, just running seam routes in the middle and just cooking motherfuckers uh but michael wilson is somebody that i think was drafted by this regime for a reason he is the only receiver you know um you know with that draft capital uh who comes from this current regime and i think that they're gonna go ahead and find ways to use him uh so depending on what happens with d hop his value could boost but i think that he was someone who you know he was pretty productive at uh at stanford he's a guy who he's not like overly fast he has pretty good like short area athleticism um, but I think he ran like a 4-5-8-40. Uh, but, however, I think that he's someone who might even be better with D-Hop on the team. But regardless, I think that he is going to be a little bit underrated. As far as rookie receivers go, I think that he could produce. And he's someone that I wouldn't mind grabbing at the very end of redraft leagues. I'm talking maybe last-round flyer-type deal. Um, we'll see what happens with his ADP throughout the summer. But I think that he's someone someone you should you know keep an eye on. Um, but other than that, I mean, did you have any other,
1: yeah, I just had a quick sleeper. I mean, I don't think anyone really thinks this is much of a sleeper as far as someone who definitely break out, but I think Jay love Jordan love Packers. I think he definitely has the chance to break out this year. And when I think break out, I don't know if I'm talking like a top 10 quarterback or something, but I could definitely see like something within like the top 18 for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely think that this guy could be better than what we think. I think some people right now are thinking that he's going to lead us to our demise, us being Packer fans. I like Jordan Love. I do, too, but there's some people out there that don't. I think he's going to be it.
0: They're just Packer haters, bro.
1: Hey, bro, some people who are Packer fans don't believe him either. And either. honestly, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I still think that he has the abilities to do it.
0: I was about to say something crazy.
1: All right, say something crazy.
0: They just might be Aaron Rodgers, Dick Riders. Oh, like, what? I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, what? I think Jordan Love is going to be cool. I think Jordan Love, like with Aaron Rodgers, like leaving the picture is somebody who has been in waiting for three years. What? I mean, my boy is about to step into the Green Bay Packers and he has Christian Watson who, you know what I'm saying, is a play waiting to happen. Oh, what? You know what I'm saying? We just got Reed outside to go out there and join him. Jaden Reed. Uh, We got running backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, who might rush for 1,500, 2,000 yards.
1: A piece?
0: And we drafted two tight ends in Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, who can go eat on the inside and block to give our guys more lanes to run through. I think our offense is going to be all right. We won't be top end. I think the thing that everyone is overreacting to is the fact that we won't have like a top five, top 10 offense, uh, but we'll be somewhere in the middle of the road. Right. But I think that we have an overall good enough roster to carry us through a lot of games. And I think Jordan Love is going to look good because of it. Okay. Uh, I like Jordan Love this year as a fantasy prospect. I mean, where do you think he could finish?
1: Like I said, I think he's going to be around that top 18, probably might squeeze into the top 15 as far as quarterbacks go. I think that one of the things that, you know, could, possibly hurt that is just the fact that he doesn't necessarily run a bunch mm-hmm. if he does run a decent amount you know like what if he becomes like the next like daniel jones where he always just beats you over on his rushing yards or something yeah you know like if he could just beat the over on his rushing that could be a lot of upside for some people and, and i mean like when you're talking about a run quarter a young quarterback who is pretty mobile if he doesn't see a look that he likes and if he has an open lane you know why not run for it
0: so last year the Quarterback 18 was Dak Prescott.
1: Okay.
0: Quarterback 19 was Kyler Murray.
1: Didn't Dak miss a couple games last year, though? So did Kyler. Oh,
0: Um, And then at quarterback 17 was Russell Wilson. Quarterback 16 was actually Derek Carr. And at quarterback 15 was another guy who missed some games uh, and Lamar Jackson. So assuming Love plays all the games, I mean, he wouldn't. He would be up there because he's just available. Right. Uh, But regardless, that could be productive for your fantasy teams. And actually, when it comes to production on your fantasy teams, I want to go ahead and dive a Little bit more into dynasty, okay. I want to go talk about some guys who are going to be available on your waiver wires right now. I like that. uh, they might have been dropped or not dropped, but hell, they might have been dropped uh, by your league mates who are trying to make room for their incoming rookies. Okay, uh, these may be undrafted free agent, you know, uh, fantasy football rookies that you can go out there and you can get, uh, you know, spending some of that fat that you got. Uh, so, I have a list of a couple of guys who I guess we'll call them undrafted free agent fantasy football rookies Mm -hmm. uh, that I don't mind spending some money on. Yep. Uh, Of that list, I got Kenny McIntosh at the top. Okay. I think Kenny McIntosh is the dog. I mean, he's about six foot. He's over 200 pounds. He has that prototypical size. He got a lot of uh, rave reviews from, you know, uh, Pete Carroll uh, during the rookie minicamp this last week or so. And he's also a pass catching specialist. So you look at Seattle's current running back situation with Zach Charbonnet. And with Kenneth Walker there, both of those guys are primarily downhill running backs. At some point, you're going to need to toss the ball and you're going to need a third down running back who's versatile, which Charbonnet can kind of be and Kenneth Walker can kind of be. But Kenny McIntosh is levels ahead of either of them at pass catching. So why wouldn't you have him on the field, especially if he's big enough to also be a threat to run the ball because he's six foot and, you know, 220. So, with Kenny McIntosh, I think that he's somebody who has upside. He got six-round draft capital, which isn't amazing. But, I mean, even Pete Carroll came out and said that he easily could have been a day-two guy. Uh, But he's somebody that I like a lot. I want to hear from you, though. I mean, who was somebody that you wouldn't mind spending some fab on to get?
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought Kenny Mack was definitely one of those guys that you could throw a waiver in and, you know, get a running back that you could at least throw into your taxi maybe for a year to see where he actually does end up and where... He gets some work at. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like at the end of the day, the Seahawks probably might end up utilizing him a little bit more than what we think. Mm -hmm. I can see that DJ Dallas could possibly be off that roster as well. I mean, if uh Pete Carroll thinks that this is one of the guys who could have been one of those day two running backs and they just took a flyer on him in the seventh because that was the highest guy on their board, I love that for him. And I mean, I think that obviously you have to look into the gist of it, and you do have Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet in front of him. But you know what? If one of those guys get banged up a little bit or anything at all, you can definitely bet your fucking pants Mm -hmm. that Kenny Mack is going to get in the game, and he's going to get some catches because that's what he does. Yeah, he's not a blazer. He runs a Mm 4-6, but it is one of those guys that, you know, he can break a tackle and at least get you a first down, and you know what? That's 1.5 right there.
0: Are there any other I guess undrafted free agent rookie running backs that you would uh that I guess you would take a shot on outside well, of Kenny Mack?
1: I mean like so like there was a guy who went undrafted in general and he also went at undrafted in our league. Mm-hmm. But uh Keaton Mitchell, uh the running back who went to the Dal- went to the Baltimore Ravens. I think that this guy obviously he doesn't have the prototypical build, but he is 5'8", I think about two hundred pound, or I think one eighty five. But when you look at him, I mean, when you look at what he did at East Carolina, I think that he's just one of those guys that he was an absolute star. Yep. And it's, he's one of those guys that I just I feel like he has all the capabilities of being like that next guy who could be like, I don't want to say like an Eckler or something, but I think that he could at least be something like at least a Devin Singletary or something like that to where he's getting he catches out of the backfield. He can run a little bit you know like he's explosive i mean the guy got 14 plus 100 yards last year at his at the end of the season so it's mm-hmm. one of those guys that he can get you yardage he can catch the ball he can go do your laundry for you if you need <laughs> him to, because he you know what, he is undrafted and so he's yep. gonna do anything to get you get on the roster. Yep. But once he's on the roster, he's gonna make sure that you aren't one of those or he's gonna make sure that you don't look stupid.
0: So Keaton Mitchell was actually someone else that I threw a bit in. Um I threw yeah. a bit in for and he actually I, I was able to land him for a few bucks. Yep. And sure. the reason I also like Keaton Mitchell is because he is a burner. I mean, he's about five seven. Uh, he's about 179 pounds, but he ran a 4.3740. Yep. So that's a really fast 40 number, especially amongst his class of running backs. And he landed in the Baltimore Ravens offense. Yep. So Todd Monken is likely to run somewhat of like a spread offense, right? You have uh, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. You have Zay Flowers coming in, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. Like you just want to get your playmakers on the field. Yeah. So if you have a spread offense, and let's say Keaton Mitchell gets snaps in the backfield and they're playing dime coverage and it's all cornerbacks on the field and Keaton Mitchell gets the ball and he just starts juking people out of their shoes and just starts burning people up the sides. Yep. I mean, that could get dangerous. Uh, that could get real dangerous and we'll see what that offense ends up looking like, you know, once we get to the real season. Right. Uh, but the general impression of the Ravens is that they're going to be running some kind of like a spread concept and the, the the field's going to be you know spread out which is going to give keaton mitchell more opportunity to cook from the backfield potentially
1: yeah i mean when you get that guy in open space it's a problem man
0: yeah you can't load the box
1: yeah so for you guys on sleeper he's owned in 30 percent of those leagues out there so make sure Mm -hmm. you know like if you if you do have an open slot if there's someone that you're probably on the edge of i would say probably drop them for this guy because i do have a lot of faith in him and uh, next on my list, I uh, have Dontavian Wicks, a uh, wide receiver who went to the Packers. Uh, you know, he went in the fifth round. I think that he has that type of capital that the Packers, you know, I think they really like this guy. They did bring him in for a top 30 visit. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's one of those guys who can really burn you on the sides. He's probably going to play outside. He's six one. I feel like this guy could be those, I feel like he could be the replacement for Romeo if he doesn't take the next steps.
0: Interesting. And um, so,
1: like, I feel like this guy honestly might live in my taxi for the next year, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, like, I just feel like he's going to be one of those guys that if, if someone slips up who's going to be a starter, they're going to slide in, and I think that he has all the possibility in the world. And he has all the opportunity as well mm. to make a spot happen and to go out there and make a name for himself. I don't know, man. Like, when the Packers brought him in for a top 30 visit, I was scratching my head because... I was like, there's no way in hell this guy's going to go into day two or top first two days. Mm -hmm. But, you know what, he He slid to the fifth or to the third day, fifth round, and the Packers still got their guy.
0: I So, I I don't know. I think the Packers are just in the mode of drafting high upside receivers and just seeing what sticks.
1: Right, Right, right.
0: They're just building around Jordan Love, trying to get that receiver talent, but maybe for cheap. Yep. They got Romeo Dobbs last year in the fourth, and they got Christian Watson in the second. So, why not just keep taking shots?
1: Exactly, man. So, I'm excited. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with that Grant Du Bois or anything like that. He's another one of those wide receivers that they got in the seventh. He kind of gives me more of those, like, I don't know, kind of like a Donald Driver type vibe. Like, he's not super fast, but he can go out there and catch basically all the balls. He can go out there and run smooth routes. He's just not all that, like, extra, like, crispy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he's definitely one of those guys that can definitely, you know, go out there, make a name for yourself. I don't know, he's one of those guys for me.
0: My last sneaky pickup was actually running back. Okay. And he's not a rookie. Oh. Uh, he is uh, Malik Davis of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I like Malik Davis because I like the tape that he put up uh, last year towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in week, I believe it was 17 against the Tennessee Titans. He had 10 carries. 40 yards he caught a couple passes out of the backfield for an additional 23 yards Mm -hmm. but he was relatively versatile he's 511 he's over 200 pounds he's 202 yep and he's relatively agile from what i saw on tape and you know they got rid of zeke they're bringing in tony pollard who has kind of played the role of like a scat back similar to maybe kind of how khalil herbert has been used in chicago uh but at some point you kind of want that downhill rusher and, you know, they drafted Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round, but as we all know, Deuce Vaughn is, like, notoriously small. Right. He's really small. Deuce Vaughn is, like, five, six, two hundred 200-something pounds. And, I mean, Malik Davis is bigger than that guy, and there's a world where Malik Davis could get 8 to 10 touches, you know, just running behind the tackles or uh, running between tackles. and yeah, uh, I mean, You if, know, just giving Tony Pollard time to breathe.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they're going to bring out on... – any more competition other than, you know, Duzvan, Malik Davis. They did bring in Ronald Jones, but I'm not necessarily sure if he's going to be the two on that team. I feel like he's already gotten his chances, and yeah. we'll see what happens. But I feel like Malik Davis, I mean, if that's one of those homegrown guys that they want to try to feed into the system,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like it has all the. I, I feel like that's a great possibility. One last guy that I want to touch on, uh, unless there's something else you want to touch on. Quick. I was just
0: gonna say, like, I know Ronald Jones got signed on a like an undisclosed one year deal. Like, yeah. they don't even have like the contract details. Which normally, whenever that happens, it's not like a significant contract. It's
1: probably just a training camp invite, like, damn near.
0: But Rojo is 5'11, 205, and yeah. Malik Davis is 5'11, 202. So these guys are relatively the same size, and Malik Davis, because he has less of a history. And because it's Rojo, mm-hmm. he might get the opportunity to show what he can do because everyone kind of has an idea as to who Rojo is after five years in the league.
1: Right, right.
0: So that's all I had to say. I like Malik Davis. Go get him for cheap. I bought him for 3 bucks in a league in which I get a 100 to spend on fab. Yep. Uh, 3% of my fab. You could probably go get him for zero.
1: Yeah, so last guy I want to talk about here quick is Zach Kuntz. So this is a uh, tight end. He went to the Jets. He went, I think, in the sixth round or something. This tight end room for the Jets right now is pretty loaded, though. Uh, I think that at some point they're probably going to have to trim some of the fat. But with a new offensive coordinator picking his guy, was Zach kunst, I think that he definitely could be one, be one of the guys that makes it on this team. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if he can show that he has some sort of dog in him, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to like that, especially a six seven target who can go up and get the ball. You don't think that he's not going to like that? He will. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited for this cat. I think that he's going to go out there, and I hope he can go and ball out. If anything, he is owning 43% of the league. So if you can go get him, throw him on your taxi for a year or two, see where he is.
0: Man, you say my boy Jeremy Rucker just ain't going to do nothing?
1: I mean, it is, it's not a totally new regime or anything, but I feel like he's going to honestly... End of the day, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys who's more of a blocker than he is a catcher.
0: He had one target for eight yards last year. Yeah, dude. That's pretty bad. Even if you're developing, like, that's kind of crazy.
1: Which is weird because he did get decent cap last year in the draft, didn't he? I thought he has got drafted in, like, the fourth or fifth. Bro, he
0: got drafted in, like, damn near the third round, I think.
1: So, it's a little weird, but at the end of the day, dude, like, they still have Uzama. They still have Conklin. It's just one of those things to where, or maybe, I don't know if they have Conklin, but they definitely have Uzama. I know that they're probably going to bring in some other guys, too, I bet. But nonetheless, Zach Kuntz is going to be one of those guys that I think you could take on your team, maybe put him on your taxi, but I think that he could break out this year sometime.
0: All right, now for reference, because i got to clarify this, Rucker was a third-round pick, um, and I'm only saying this because it's Kuntz or whatever his last name is, but he was a seventh-round pick. So we're talking about a four-round difference. So we're not saying, like, go clean out like, your fab or whatever to go get this guy.
1: Oh, no, I'm not saying nothing like that.
0: Somebody to go take a look at, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, when we're... I'm just saying at the end of the day, if you want to look at between Rucker and Koontz... Yeah. end of the day, I think that Koontz has a better receiving upside, which makes him a better fantasy target. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying.
0: And I guess when it comes to undrafted, free agent, rookie players, or when you're picking up guys off of waivers, I mean, what do you like to see? I mean, what... Uh, gives guys precedent is it simply just opportunity or will you go and strike you know on a guy who has a world of talent but might be in a crowded backfield
1: well I mean like if you can look at like a team and I mean you just gotta do research on what's going on within that whole system like if you have someone that it is pretty crowded but you have some older guys that you think are can be coming off contracts in a year or something like that then hey I think that you have a lot of opportunity for someone that can go into a room, learn from some of those older guys, and then at the end of the day, go in there and ball out. That's if they have the talent. Oh, yeah. So if they have the talent, if they have the opportunity, then I can give those undrafted guys an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just at the end of the day, like, some of these guys, like, you know, like if you look like at, at a Sean Tucker, for example, one undrafted, but, I mean, he goes to the Buccaneers where – it seems like it's just a bunch of turmoil right now, and they still have to figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. They have Rashad White, who, you know, he could absolutely pop off this year. We didn't really talk much about him. but Chase Edmonds. You know, like, it's one of those things to where I think Sean Tucker got some of the best guaranteed money out of this undrafted free agency class. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like he's going to make the team. And I don't know, dude, like, when we talk about people who just make an impact when they're on the field, mm-hmm. we saw when he was on, at Syracuse, dog, like, I don't know, he makes plays for people. So all in all, I think that he has all the opportunity to go into that year and, or to go into this team and make an impact year one. I really
0: do. Yeah, and I guess for me, when it comes to undrafted free agents, uh, in those first couple of days where the waiver wire opens up after your rookie draft, I like drafting those guys who have a lot of talent. Uh, so those guys who might have been sixth, seventh round picks, they have a bunch of talent. You might have had them ranked high as far as prospect grades go. Uh, but maybe they just went undrafted because of the situation they got drafted into, a la a Kenny McIntosh. Yep. Right. And so the first waiver wire periods, I like to go and get the guys who have talent because this early in the summer, we never know exactly what the situation going to be. We don't know who's going to get cut. Uh, we don't know how the summer is going to look. So I'm going in on talent. But as you start to get into June, July, August, and obviously when you're still, you know, doing waiver wire pickups, you probably want to identify more opportunity. Uh, but regardless, that was kind of like our draft recap from our rookie draft last weekend. Those were a couple of notes on guys that we think you should pay attention to moving forward. Uh, so until next week, we'll talk to you again. My name is Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dougal over here. Peace.